0: Welcome, and thanks for stopping by. Whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to our podcast on one of your favorite platforms, I'm glad you're here. At this time, I would like to thank our partners and sponsors for their dedication to helping the show to grow. We cannot do what we do without their help. you have reached the millennium beat with your host kevin james today i have on the computer with me tiffany pastor tiffany bell
1: oh thank you for having me kevin i'm so excited to be with you and your amazing audience today
0: where did you come from where were you born i mean let's it's in here the pre-pastor tiffany story is i sure you weren't Absolutely. born a pastor
1: <laughs> well actually i feel like i was but yes
0: but well, you yeah, know okay. what
1: i was born i yeah i believe that call comes um, Charleston, South Carolina. So, if you know anything about South Carolina, I was near the coast and all the beautiful oh. uh, historic sites and architecture, and just uh, beautiful. Mm. I didn't grow up that close to all the nice areas, Kevin. I actually grew up in a a very small kind of uh, poverty ridden place, but okay. you know, God is, it surrounded that place with so much beauty and hospitality. It was a great place to grow up.
0: Now I've been in Charleston many years ago. Actually, I slept through a hurricane wow. in Charleston. It was probably I'd say 1988, maybe, maybe around there, because I I went hurricane to Hugo. was it yeah and, and another hurricane. A few with well, the house that we were staying on, it was on the on the beach on stilts and stuff like that. And really? uh, and and I remember I was so tired because I was on the road. I went from Massachusetts to um, Charlotte. Charlotte to Texas, Texas. I flew to, I flew to Charleston for the wedding. My buddy got married. So I'm there. Wow. We're at, we're at, at, at clubs and stuff like that. I'm standing up music going. People are, at, and I'm going like, I'm, I'm falling asleep amongst a crowd of people standing up. I, I was so exhausted. So I literally slept through a hurricane and uh, a couple <laughs> hurricanes later, that same house that I was in was completely destroyed. It was washed away into the sea. Oh, States. Wow. But I did. Wow. I, I haven't. I haven't been to Charleston for a long. All I remember was a big Catholic church, you know, in downtown. Yeah. You know, and 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 uh, that's all I remember. I don't really remember going around looking, you know, touristy things and stuff like that. Maybe one day I'll get back there again. But so oh, Charleston is pretty cool. Beautiful. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's you know. Um, I'm eventually. I always talk about that. I'm going to move to North Carolina. I'll probably buy some land up there. Um, Even North Carolina or the other side of the mountain, uh, Tennessee. So, so. All right. So that's where you're, well, you were, you were born. Yes. They're all good spots. So, so you were born in Charleston, you said, right? Is that right? You were born there.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yep. So is that, um, how long did you live there?
1: I lived in Charleston for 43 years, uh, wow. planted a church there, um, you know, raised my daughter there, had roots and, uh, Then about two years ago, I met an amazing man of God, and the Lord began to blend our hearts. We got married, and I'm now in sunny Arizona.
0: (laughs) Arizona. I've been there, too. I've been to, let us see, I flew into Scott, no, Phoenix, Arizona. And I remember getting to the place in the airport, and it's just the, the way it looked. It looked old, you know, but it wasn't. That was the way, that was the style, you know. And the only thing I didn't like about Arizona was when I walked around is I didn't like rock yards. I'm not a fan of Rock Yards. I mean, I understand why, but I don't like them. That's me personally. I don't like Rock Yards.
1: Yeah. Um, I will tell but, you, though, Arizona has some amazing people.
0: Yeah. yeah amazing
1: I, I, people I, I, here. It's been.
0: Yeah. It, it, they're probably, yeah, they are definitely amazing people. Because I, I went to, I think it was Scottsdale. He uh, he was a pastor, a children pastor in a church in Scottsdale. And then we went to Flagstaff yeah. uh, and then went to the Grand oh, wow. Canyon. And we went to, is it Phoenix, mm-hmm. Arizona? It was like first assembly at some big church. And then it had yeah. what they call prayer mountain. You know, we climbed prayer mountain. This was back, back in my really skinny days. When I got down wow. to 200 pounds, the skinniest I ever was. And <laughs> it, I, uh, I, I got pictures of me at the Grand Canyon and stuff like, so Arizona's nice. Um, I'm going to get back out there again. Uh, once I get the bus, I, I have people and different people, like yourself. And one of these people, when I do interviews, I'll keep them in mind, and I say, "Oh, hey, I'm going to be in your area. Let's do an in person interview. Come drive out, park my bus, you walk in, and we do a, a live in person interview. So that'd be cool." So, so let's right, back up a little are. bit. Let's go back a little bit to sure. your early or your early days, because uh, you said something yeah. about starting a church and all that kind of stuff. When was yeah, your? Sure. I'm curious. When was your first? Inkling, uh, um well, actually, let's, let's go back before. Let's go back a little bit before. Let's talk about your upbringing a little bit. You okay. said where you were born, but let's talk a little bit about your upbringing and what was going on mm-hmm. when you were a kid, because that is in your bio and your story. So let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah, so um, you know, I mentioned, I alluded to, you know, I grew up in kind of a poverty ridden area, right? And my dad, before before I was born, he'd become a pastor was really trying to change and just revitalize that area. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he he faced a trauma, a tragedy. His mom had gotten sick and passed away, and it impacted Uh his faith. It impacted his faith in such a way he stepped away from it. And Uh when he did, you know, there's nothing much more miserable uh, than a Christian and a a pastor that have walked away from what God's called. So he became a very bad alcoholic, and that road took him further than I think he would have ever even imagined uh he ended up being one of the biggest drug dealers in our state. So it That's it was crazy. uh it was a, a crazy events. I personally, because I was so young, I, I don't remember him as a pastor. Um mm-hmm. but as I become a pastor myself, I've heard so many testimonies of the amazing things he did in ministry uh during okay. the times that he served. And at and at the end of his life, you know, mm-hmm. my father ended up in prison. He got sentenced for selling drugs. He ended up uh with 150 years. And wow. uh, Kevin, that's a death sentence. That's life changing. Yeah. And so it- I don't think anybody
0: lives more than 150 years. Nobody lives more than 150 no, years. You know,
1: my, yeah. I, I can't tell you I'm a math scholar, but I can add uh, yeah, in right. no a way that the life would do that. So at 13 years old, I knew that my father had been given a death sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, that was hard to live with. It was very impactful. I wasn't in church. I didn't have a foundation. Um, right. My dad was a man that had become bitter. And, and right. so the only Jesus I heard about was after a two or three day drunk, he would call out to Jesus, you know, for mercy and grace. And I remember kind of thinking, gosh, I just don't understand. Um, you know, they tell me Jesus is good. What's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I started having experiences with God on my own and I started understanding mm-hmm. a little more, but mm-hmm. it was deeply impactful. I can only tell you that as a, a young woman, you know, you feel like your dad is your protector. Right. Your dad is, your covering He's the person who provides. You don't worry about anything. And all of that was removed from me in one day. And so what I most felt was vulnerable, just exposed, uh, not just to the elements of life, but to people. Uh, right. I just felt like, Oh my gosh, I was just had a target on my back kind of thing.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. That It's hard. I cannot imagine. I mean, I grew up without a father, but it's, a, I think it's a little different for a woman yeah. than it is a man that growing up that without their dad yeah. as their protector. You know, I, my dad, I mean, mm-hmm. I look, li- Lived, I was seventeen when he died. He died of cancer, um, back mm-hmm. when I was like a Gosh. Well, freshman or something like that at high school. So, so my mother, I lived with my mother, took care of her up to the very end, and she died in two thousand two. So, so I understand a little bit about that, yeah. it, you know. Um, but yeah, being yeah. without a, a father, I, I I deal with some people right now that she uh, lives with her grandmother, and and uh, you know, so she doesn't have her father directly yet far as i could tell in her life as like a like at home you know i think she still deals with them but she does not deal with them in, in a home situation so yeah. and that's a, that's a lot sure. different so so male influence on her is, is a good thing because it you know mm-hmm. she doesn't have it at home again i don't know the relationship outside of that you know but and at least at home why so so, okay, so you growing up, your dad was a pastor, but then he fell away from the faith. Now, sure. now it's, 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 yeah, you kind of mentioned it, but um, did he turn himself around before? You said he died, right? Or you went to prison? He
1: did he did uh, Yeah. He went to prison. He went to prison uh, after uh, he served 18, almost 18 years of his 150-year sentence. Uh, okay. He got very, very sick, uh, had pancreatic cancer, and very fast-moving cancer. And so, you know how we all hear the term at this point in our lives, jailhouse religion, right? Right. Yes. And I remember people saying, oh, you know, that all of our lives we've heard, well, people don't mean that, you know, that kind of thing. And so I go to visit him in prison and I don't know what to expect, but Mm. I have an uncle who has been a minister for a very long time, just an amazing man of God, powerful man. And he had went before me and just had that come to Jesus conversation. Right, And what I have found even then and even now is that most people want to accept Jesus, but they can't get past their own shame, their own guilt. Mm-hmm. And right. uh, my dad was in that place. My uncle was able to walk him through. So, yes, he turned his life around. It was a beautiful testimony. A um, few mm-hmm. days, literally, the week before he died, you know, he turned his life around uh, okay. and just began to experience God's goodness. And I saw God rush in. I saw God be faithful to a man that had not been faithful. Right. and i thought to myself man who doesn't want to serve this god this is good here you know
0: yeah uh it's cool i'm got i mean i'm i'm glad that it turned out well that you know cuz you never know i mean someone to turn their back on god you never know you just never know what's happening because god knows their heart but you know which is at least it's good that you kind of knew that he, he you know yeah. for sure where he is and and uh mm-hmm. and you know once we get over that grief or get over that um you know, dealing with ourselves and you know, mistakes we've made and the shameness and stuff like that. Yes. And, you know I mean? You got to remember, it's funny. My mm-hmm. pastor did a, a message on that about Jesus being on the cross and all his shameness was, yeah. was, uh, was exposed to the world mm-hmm. because they, yep. you know, we see the good little Jesus with a little linen cloth wrapped on, on a cross, but he wasn't in, and, 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 you know, your nakedness was, was exposed as that's how they did it, you know? And sure. so he, he was, sure. you know, exposed and stuff but all right so you went there so what uh, you know dealing with because uh, you didn't really know your dad as a pastor uh what was the, your um let's for lack of better words your religious background and stuff like now you did say an uncle yeah. was a pastor so you come from a pastor or, or missionary family I,
1: I do uh well i do and i don't so okay. my dad's side of the family uh had all been ministers at one point and When this, when his mother passed, this was the matriarch of the family. And it really, really damaged. It really damaged uh, their walk with the Lord. And I learned so much for that. Even as a pastor myself, what I've learned is be so careful that your faith is in the master, not in anybody else. Because Mm -hmm. if your faith is tethered to anybody else and that person either slips or passes away or gets promoted and goes to another church, it impacts Mm -hmm. you. And this is why, you know, we hear in the Bible, follow. As I follow Christ, don't just follow me. And I think right. they got tripped up in that a little bit. So I had some understanding that I had about two uncles left that, uh, you know, that were really mm-hmm. standing firm in the faith and gave me something to look at. But they both lived out of state. So I didn't right. really see yeah. that on a day to day or even a month to month. So mm-hmm. for me, what I saw religiously was just uh, pretty much God was, he was a person you went to when you had, you know, terrorized your home and family. And so right. I didn't have a very good out view of the book of him. It's mm-hmm. kind of funny because I wasn't really allowed to go to church. You know, you imagine the culture, right? If you mm-hmm. have a child and I was a very honest and outspoken child, Kevin, like I, I want to tell the truth about everything. Well, yeah. you can't send someone like that, you know, out in public all the time because they'd be like, yes, my dad sells dope. You know what I mean? So right. my dad was like, you can't really go everywhere because you just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. And so but I was allowed to go to this little baptist church in my neighborhood they had okay. a vacation bible school and that's uh, why I'm such a supporter of vacation bible school okay. and so I go and I'd never seen anything like it you got to mm. earn ribbons and you got to get candy for earning your your bible verses and people cared right. about you and there was little egg salad sandwiches cut up right you know oh wow and for the first time I learned that I I mattered and that right. little baptist church showed me I mattered and uh out from out of that, I've went on to lead many, many vacation Bible schools over the last twenty five years. Uh, just for that reason, when I was in kids ministry, okay. because that week of VBS changed my eternity. Right. Because they were the only ones that told me that God loved me. The only ones.
0: Uh, you said something, and I'm trying to remember what it triggered the thought, and I, I can't. I didn't write it down, so I'll figure it out later. I'm like that. Yeah. It's like you know, my brain I'm an eye personality. It's like it's kinda of like you ever see the movie Out from Disney, like Squirrel, you know, it's like it's yes. kinda of like that. Yeah, it's, but it's just um, you know, so oh I know what it was. is you're talking about our, our putting faith or our belief in people like um mothers, fathers, brothers, whatever. And when something happens to them our worlds crash. I see it more than not just that. It could be, it could be your job. It could be your ministry. Anything. Uh, it could be your business. Yeah. Anything that you put more stock in it than Christ. Um yes. It could be easily. Ta- it, 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 everything we got is a gift from God. So if, if something happens to it, I mean, the weird thing is if you read Job and it talks about it, you know, God takes, God gives, and God takes. You know, it, you know, that was just right. from the perspective of Him and a situation. But I mean, we have to be. Um, it's like givers if someone gives us something we give it away it's like it's it, we're we're only stewards yeah. of the situation whether it's our finances or our health i says you know god you're in control if, if i get sick you know i mean i believe in healing but you know god if i get sick and i die well guess what i'm with you so it's like i always talk about So you believe in the rapture goes yeah I, I believe i'll see christ in my lifetime you know, it, it's, it's, you know, whether I die or if you believe in the rapture, which is good. If you don't, that's fine too. But, you know, I, um, I say I always will meet him. So, so you grew up, you had a little bit of background, um, of, of with people in your family that was in the religious or, or pastors or something like that. So, yeah, and you're actually, you're a pastor. So you're actually, uh, you're not a two MK you're a two, um, let me see, second generation pastor. So was your, your, your grandfather, uh, Did was he a pastor? or?
1: My grandfather wasn't, but my uh, paternal grandmother uh, was okay. very strong in the ministry. And, you know, back in that day, women didn't always stand up right. and say pastor title, but she was right. certainly leading some sheep, you know? Okay. Uh, so I think I kind of grabbed that heritage. You know, this okay. is why it's so important to, to sow and to plant, because we right. never know who in our generation is going to come along and go, yes, I'm so glad. You put forth that effort, so I'm so grateful for the stand that she took. Yeah.
0: Well, they plowed the ground. That's right here. You know, they they were plowers. Yes. You know, they 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 set things forward, and and then you were the seed that was planted that that's blooming. You know, so yeah. that's cool. So, um, I'm thinking the question is is like, tell me a little bit about what you do now for ministry wise and stuff because you said you're a pastor. So talk a little bit about yeah. that. Maybe go leading up to that of uh, you know the decision to be one. And then a little bit about what you do. So go ahead from there.
1: Yeah. So God called me to preach at about 11 years old. Uh, okay. He spoke to me. I wasn't going to church. I was reading my Bible. Uh, I didn't have anyone mentoring me. And I say all these things to say, God's not afraid to speak to a heart that's ready to hear. Mm-hmm. And so I, he spoke to me and I'm going, oh my gosh, what do I do with this information? Uh, and I, you know, as a kid, I thought, do I go out tomorrow? I'll begin to preach. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's some training grounds. So he began to take me right. through this training process. But unfortunately, I'll be honest with you, you know, when my dad went to prison, that was traumatic for me. And my yeah. life began to spiral. I just began to kind of, I didn't know, there was no stability, Kevin. There was no, nothing to grab onto. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, friends and people will become something you try to hold on to. Situations. I started drinking, started trying to, you know, fit in with somebody somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really good at any of it. And the truth of the matter is, is when I hit 22 years old, by the time I was 22, I was in a marriage that was failing. I had a four-year-old daughter and literally was miserable, just miserable. And I stood in a little Assemblies of God church and I had an older lady ask me, you know, do you just want to give your life to the Lord? And I thought, my God, why would he want it? Mm. You know, why would he want it? But little did I know he did And the minute I confessed, yes, okay, I surrender. I yield, God, you can have it. I give in my life and immediately, within six months time, people couldn't even recognize me. God did such a just amazing work because I was desperate, I was hungry and I was teachable. Right. And if I could share with anyone listening today, be those things, be hungry for change, be hungry for the Lord, you know, and be teachable. So many times, Kevin, we want to heal. We want God to heal our wounds. But we want to be the great physician. We want to tell him how to do it. And we don't really have that position. So I just yielded and said, God, do it. Currently today, um, God has sent me an amazing man of God. I am in a wonderful marriage. We serve together in our our ministry, yielded Life. And what we do is focus on teaching the body of Christ how to truly yield to the Father. How to yield our gifts, our time, our talents, whatever it is. You know, currently our primary focus right this moment is mentorship and discipleship and we've actually extended that into the prison and drug addicts. Uh, We we just have a heart for the lost and the broken and so a couple of weeks ago we got to see uh, 900 women at a women's uh, facility and out of those inmates 700 claimed Christ. 700 just said, I I yield, ready for Jesus. And so we have another event coming up here at a men's prison in Arizona. We're expecting God to do great things. So that's where our heart is. We believe that revival is going to start in places just like me, Kevin, where people said, oh, nothing's going to change there. Nothing's coming out of there. Look who her dad is. I believe that true revival is going to come out of of our fathers. I believe we're going to go and find some people in some places.
0: Yeah, well, we our, our our mission is to go to the streets. I mean, sometimes churches uh, they wait for they wait for people to come to come to them. But no, you got to go to the streets where they are. I mean, a, a lot of times people aren't gonna darken the door of a church. You know, they they're not like that. They just oh, you just gonna and that's why it's like Market Street Ministry and and things that I do. Like I, as I said, yeah. I'm faith based. Most of my shows are, um, you know, has a religious background and stuff like that. But I don't push it. I don't. That's not a question on the uh, the application to be a guest. Like, are you a believer? Or you know, are you? What are you? A Baptist or a Pentecostal or or Presbyterian? I I don't ask those questions. Cause I don't really care. I mean, but you know, but God somehow will work into the conversation. Now I've done some shows that, eh, I can tell after done because I I'm spirit filled and I can tell that this, this person you know, is a little new agey, you know, it's like, okay, you know, I, I've kept it pr- you know, pretty clean. And, and I talked about, yeah, you know, and it was an ex teacher and stuff like that. And I said so I just knew that it was a little new agey. And, and I, but again, I don't, I don't dequalify de- them, you know, because they're not Christians because, you know, I'm the, I'm the light, you know, I might be the only Christ that they ever see. So it, that's what we need to do out in the world. It's like someone looks at you. It's like when I go down. The reason why I promote my shows, like every time I go to a restaurant, I leave a good tip and I leave my business card. And but it's not like I'm selling a product. I want you to, if you don't know Christ and you listen to you, they might tune into this podcast and they're gonna say, you know, I'm a lot Absolutely. like her. You know, I'm you know, drugs or whatever, and you know, and you know, I'm having a hard time or I've gone through a divorce or I've gone you know, death and and our conversation gets them. You know, it might be not a, you know, altar call type of message, but it will be planting sure. a seed that can grow that somebody else will come along and, and then trigger the, you know, the growth and, you know, stuff like that. So I always look at it that way. That's what the Millennium Beat does. It's basically, I've never thought of myself as an evangelist, but I, as I said, I know a lot of pastors. If you look at, my, if you look at my guest report, there's a lot of people that are pastors. I've been, I've been hanging around pastors probably for the last 30 years. Um, and even up in New England, I, I, I hung around a few pastors, my local pastor, but not as much as down here. I mean, I used to go to the pastor's association meetings and stuff like that. And I know evangelists and, and, and speakers and stuff that and travel. So, so it's a good, a good, but I, I've always tried to bend the, the niche between churches. because a lot of times I used to be in Amway, and, you know, and I don't know if you're familiar with that. It probably because you're right. you're in, in my age group, so yeah. The you know the, if you had another person that was a friend, but it was not in the organization, they frowned on you getting cross pollination. And well, a lot of times, true. some church churches are a lot like that. Like you know, like they'll have a special event. go, well. I'm not going to that church. That's not my church. You know, and compared to being led by the Holy Spirit, I mean, I I went to a conference that did, I I knew the evangelist who was putting on the conference. He had a guy come in, I, I think it was from South Africa or something like that, and awesome message. It was really good. But if you would have said his name and said, so-and-so is speaking at some place, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going because I don't know. You know what I mean? We don't, I've had people, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'll say this and I'll, I'll, I'll test you a little bit. You ever hear of a pastor named Bill Johnson?
1: Sounds familiar.
0: Okay. Go uh, ahead and tell
1: it, me who we're talking about.
0: Bill Johnson was the pastor of a church in Reading, North Car- uh, Redding, North Carolina. Reading, uh, California. Wow. Uh, Bill Johnson, and um, okay. so that's who it is. And then uh, Bethel, I'll, I'll say know, like Bethel. Bethel. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Bethel Church. Uh, another name. So I'm
1: testing you. Okay, yeah, I need that credit.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got one. One point. One for Pastor Tiffany. Yeah. Um, one,
1: one point. So, that might be the only one I get. So I I,
0: yeah. So let's, let's keep keeping score. That's one for you. Second one would be. Rick Joyner. you ever hear of Rick, Rick Joyner, Joyner
1: Purpose driven life.
0: Well, Rick but Joyner is minist-
1: really?
0: that Rick jo- Rick Joiner is Morning Star Ministries out of uh, North Carolina.
1: Oh, okay. they they, bought,
0: they 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 bought the old uh, PTL in um, North Carolina. Is it? I think oh. it's North Carolina or is it South Carolina? It's it's one of those. I think it's North because they have a, they had a church okay. in in North Carolina. And then they go up. I went up to the mountains toward Boone, and that's where they are. Ravian Falls, I think it is. Oh, uh, Boone. So they, right. they have a church. They have yeah. there. I've been. I I flew up there for a pastor leadership meeting, of of worship leaders, oh. pastors, all that kind of stuff. And so I've uh, there was Steve Thompson, which was part of the ministry at one time. Uh, Rick Joiner, a uh, Susie, which was a singer. She used to be a backup singer for Reba McIntyre. God told her not to get on the airplane, so she told Reba not to get onto the. The airplane the airplane crashed and everybody died. Oh, wow. So so God prevented yeah. that from happening wow. for Riva and uh so I've done that. So that's basically another one. I don't really um anybody else other than now this name, I guarantee it, unless you're in the circle, you probably won't know this name. His name is Jack Taylor. Does it ring a bell? Can't
1: Jack say bell. I do.
0: Yeah. See again no, it he hasn't it doesn't. Well again it's no it depends on Jack- well he unfortunately passed away he was my spiritual he he just became my spiritual father and then he passed away i you know i didn't really get i spent time with him when when he wasn't my spiritual father but not as a spiritual father he had a heart problem and he he lived a long time and he he has many sons bill johnson uh another name randy clark Uh, you know who randy clark is yes yeah he's friends with bill johnson Yeah, yeah yeah he's um he I met uh did I yeah, I meet him. He he came down to I used to work for a radio station. I worked for a radio say, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe I Tuesday, no, I don't,
1: I don't you, you've I, got these names on lock.
0: I, I worked for a radio station for two days, and and what they do is they have prayer time oh. every morning at ten o'clock. So Randy Johnson was in Melbourne, Florida preaching. Oh. So they asked him to come on down and, and do a little talk and a little and they have prayer time. They says, Hey, can you stick around and pray? So he prayed. So he said, let me pray for the staff. So he went to pray for the staff, laid his hands on him, and boom, staff, I remember, falling over. Next one, boom, boom. So they get on the radio, and they say, guys, something's, something's going on here. God's moving. And, and uh, this was uh, January of 95, and God was moving. And uh, so people were getting off the highway because it was only maybe five minutes or less to the I-95 up in Florida. So they were getting off the highway and going to the church and they were just falling out, you know, so a basic, uh, um, a major revival started, uh, back in 95 and all from Randy Clark praying for somebody, you know? And, uh, wow. and then, and then from there uh, it was Brownsville. Um, and then you had Toronto, Bless. actually it was Toronto blessing, then Brownsville. And, and then, and then we just had one and what is it? Asbury college, but you know, they, it, sure. it's like, it was, it was going really, really good. And it spread a little bit, but they couldn't handle the city, couldn't handle the, you know, the people. So they basically shut it down, say, okay, God, you can't move anymore. Uh, we can't, we can't handle this. So but it's unfortunate because it was really a, a starting of a role. I, you know, I hear a little bit, but you don't really hear much about it right now and it's been a while. So, all right. So we've, we've kind of learned a little bit about you, how you became and stuff like that. What would you in closing, what would you like? I mean, you did a little bit, so I know that, but what else would you like to say to somebody closing sure. remarks, somebody that might be listening, their father w- was messed up for some reason, divorced or something and they're yeah. the only child or they're by themselves and or they're with their mother. What would you say to them sure. to help them get through the situation and know that there's hope?
1: You know, Kevin, this is the whole reason that I, I tell my story. You know, I really believe the scripture we, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And you've done that right. today. You've given testimony about the goodness of God and people of God. And what I would tell people is, one, don't be ashamed of what you've been through. It's okay. And, you know, your past can be the key that unlocks somebody's present. Mm -hmm. You can literally change someone's life just by being transparent. And so I never want to put on airs. I never want to act like I've arrived. Yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, God has blessed my life. But at the end of the day, I fully remember that it was him himself who pulled me out of the miry clay. It was him who put me on a rock. I didn't do it for myself. I couldn't do it for myself. So maybe there's people today and they're going, you know, I don't have anyone to help me. You know, I don't have anyone to help me. Let me let you know, God is not afraid to come where you are. He's just not, you know, I remember thinking, Kevin, that that God was so bold because he Mm -hmm. would speak to me as a child. He would come in, you know, and speak in my father's house. And uh, it was a controlling home. And I was I was scared sometimes. And I thought, wow, Mm -hmm. who is this God that's not afraid? I see that same God show up behind bars. I see him show up at pulpits. I see him show up at homeless meetings I'm at. I see him show up at places I can't explain. And so I just Mm -hmm. want to tell somebody wherever you are, you're not somewhere he can't get to you.
0: How can people get a hold of you? Where are places sure. that you're located that they could get a hold of you for whatever reason they want? You know, they choose to. So where are where are yeah, those places?
1: For sure, of course. Yep. You can come uh by way of our website at www.yieldedlife.org. You can find us on Facebook or Instagram at Yielded life. Um if you throw a rock on social media, you can find my husband or myself uh on tiktok at tiffany bell official or howard bell official we would love to connect we we love the body we love kingdom um so we would absolutely love to connect with anyone
0: now do you want to publicly give out an email so if someone could write you and say you know they could tell you a little of their story or something they've gone through or prayer request is there an email that they could contact yeah, you
1: sure. so it's tiffany t-i-f-f-a-n-y at yieldedlife.org
0: all right. Well, everybody, um, you've been listening to The Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I've been on the computer with Pastor Tiffany Bell. Tiff, Pastor Tiffany, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Everybody else, thanks for joining again. And remember, at The Millennium Beat, we like to encourage the world one story at a time. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of The Millennium Beat LLC. Check us out on social media, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram and TikTok at The Millennium Beat or on Twitter at Millennium underscore Beat. If you would like to partner with us to reach the world, go to our website for more information. You can go to themillenniumbeat.com or tmb2000.net. Your financial support is greatly appreciated. We couldn't do all we do without your support. The Millennium Beat just updated our website from the ground up. Check it out at themillenniumbeat.com or you can get there by using millenniumbeat.com or tmb2000.net where you'll be redirected to themillenniumbeat.com's homepage. I want to thank Mass Inbound for their awesome work on our website. If you're looking for somebody to build your site, I recommend them. You can reach them at massinbound.com. That is M-A-S-S-I-N-B-O-U-N-D These are some of the things that you can find on our website. Homepage, you can watch our latest YouTube video or listen to our audio podcast. Also listed are some of the platforms our audio podcast is on. You'll find out when the next podcast will air and who the guests will be. On the top right, you'll find two red buttons, Learn How to Help and Become a Guest. Under Learn How to Help, you can become a partner, sponsor, contributor, or contribute to the future Millennium Bus. You can give one time or monthly recurring. The choice is yours. The other button is Be a Guest. Click it, go to the form, and fill it out, and we will get back to you. We would love to hear your story. Click the About Us drop-down where you'll find stats, where we are reaching people, and to find more information on our sponsors. Click on the podcast dropdown. Then click on the calendar tab where it will tell you when the shows will air and who will be on them. Or if you need to know about any meetups of the Millennium Beat staff, partners, or listeners. Also, there might be on the calendar an event in which the Millennium Beat staff will be at. Click the guest tab for all previous guests, links to their website, social media pages, and any store they might have. Click the forms drop down. There you'll find a release, be a guest, or become a sponsor for them.